This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to your latest episode of the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Luke Bly and Liam Marsh. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all, mate. Usual, usual spiel. Uh, it's starting to warm up a little bit. I'm looking forward to uh, going to a few pubs. Uh, I've heard one of my friends was saying, right, they've opened up the walkway on like the North Bank in London, so you can walk like through the Westminster bit. You know, there's oh, a yeah, pathway. I've heard that, yeah, there's, yeah, and apparently there are like, loads of people saying, "Yeah, you can include it into a pub crawl into this like pub route." And <laughs> so I'm in. That's basically the highlight of my year so far. What 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 about you, Fred? You all right, mate? You keeping well? Yeah, not too bad. Very good. Lots lots of cool things happening as always. Always it's always busy in it in my life. Um, yeah, no, nothing, yeah. nothing too exciting. So nothing I can talk about. I've got some really cool stuff happening that I can't talk about that I'm hoping to talk about soon, which will probably be less exciting than I've made it sound now. But um, yeah, no, all good, mate. All good. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, Liam, how you doing, mate? Doing good, guys. Doing good, like always. Um, not going to give you an update on the DIY because I feel like I've been doing that every week. Uh, lately, <laughs> I've been looking to, to me and my partner have been looking to buy a dog, and she almost convinced me. Like almost to buy a schmoodle. Do you guys know what a schmoodle is? Uh, can't say I've heard of a schmoodle. <laughs> what is it? Is it a shih tzu, a shih tzu, shih tzu and a poodle? Yeah, and a, and a Maltese or something. A schnoodle. Super. Yeah. No, no, no. There's a schnoodle and there's a schmoodle. Oh, schmoodle. Uh, not my type of dog. I went. We, we saw it in the puppy shop, and it's super cute puppy. And then um we kind of Google pictures of when they get older and they kind of just sort of remind me of like a little old lady's dog, you know, it's like those little <laughs> yappy things. So I managed to avoid that. <laughs> so you, are you not going to get a dog? You're not going to no, get a I, dog? I, mate, I want like a little fat British bulldog or like a German okay. shepherd or um, even a Rottweiler. I really like Rottweilers. Oh, so these okay. are these are the, the it's a stark contrast of what I want compared to what my partner wants. The <laughs> schmoodle macho macho dog. Yeah, <laughs> I just think they got a lot of character. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> British bulldogs—they have so much character. They're really cheeky. They're good family dogs. Yeah, yeah, they're funny. Anyway. Keep us updated, mate, on that. Yeah, well, yeah. I know everyone's <laughs> loving this chat, but I just thought I'd give you boys an update. <laughs> it's cool, it's cool. Looking forward to it. Guys, we've got a big episode coming your way today. We have got a special feature all about building the Golden Gate Bridge and its new seismic retrofit. The US Navy has announced a new national museum in Washington, D.C., China's Riverside Theatre Plans, and Vietnam's next skyscraper. Whole thing as ever, laced with some of your comments from the week. Let's go. First of this week, we are talking about the building of the Golden Gate Bridge, which is a very special video we brought out on the B1M yesterday. Now, think of American landmarks, and you'll probably think of San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge almost immediately. I don't know, would you guys agree with that? If I said to you, think of an American landmark... What's jumping into your mind? Empire State? Yeah. Empire Golden State. Gate. Golden Gate. Yeah. Golden Gate. It's up, no, it's up there. Mm. Top three, probably. I think I think you know it. When you're I was thinking about this earlier, when you know it from a very early age. 
right? Whether it's mm. through movies or just some, you know, someone that's done the Golden Gate Drive, Golden Gate Bridge Drive, you've had postcards or something like that. I feel like I've known the, the landmark for as long as I can remember. Yeah. As Luke was saying, it's up there. Like you think, oh, granted, you probably think Empire State Building, the White House, but then you do go Statue of Liberty, Golden Gate Bridge. Like it's one of the top three, top four, definitely. It is to me undisputedly and an icon of america one of its most iconic infrastructure projects it stood for over 80 years and is still to this day a critical piece of u.s road infrastructure it's now undergoing a massive seismic retrofit project to ensure it's able to withstand uh, as a new earthquake one of the next major earthquakes that might be coming along is overdue to hit the city really interesting video we did here so we did like the whole basically a homage an homage to the golden gate bridge how it was constructed its history its impact on america and its future seismic retrofit projects what do you guys think of this one outstanding mate outstanding i was really happy to kind of go back into the past and look at the history of something like this something that is so recognizable so iconic that we see in films we've seen destroyed in films um and to be honest mate i i wasn't really aware of the the big one i i didn't know that they're expecting like another big earthquake in that area um, obviously, the Bay Area, that northern part of California, is is known for it. But I didn't wasn't quite aware that they're like, oh no, there's there's a big one due. Hopefully, um, they'll be prepared as much as possible for something like that. Um, I just felt like I learned so much in this video. I learned so much, and it was cool just in like the black and white film and stuff, right? Like the like these people that just went yeah we're going to build a bridge here it's just mm. it's bizarre yeah. yeah and to see how they did it with limited tools harsh work conditions very limited or if any real technology right to do it yeah. back then is is astonishing really yeah. really yeah. cool to see it detailed in that video yeah it's a testament to like what we can do like like mankind without computers and without you know, coding and programming, we can still build these things that are still there today. And and it, and, and also, it looks good. Not only is it an engineering <laughs> marvel, yeah, there's a reason why it is iconic. There's a reason why Liam said, like, he has memories of it when he was a kid, you know, whether that is from films or something. You know, you've got so many big bridges around the world, but the Golden Gate just looks so timeless, doesn't it? Whether it's the color, the shape that they went for, it's a good mix of engineering and art, I think. Yeah, it's it's one of my favourite construction products of all time because it was so bold, so ambitious. You know, this there's this impossible straight that, that everyone said could not be crossed. You couldn't build a crossing across it. You couldn't build a physical, physical bridge. Mm. And they they looked at it and they made it happen. You know, and the point you guys are making about technology, you know, we take that for granted in today's day and age, but there were no mobile phones. There was no internet. There was no Slack. There was no, there was no WhatsApp, you know, messaging your mates saying, hey, I need those extra spanners because I'm 200 meters up and I've forgotten my tools. It's, it, yeah, it was it was incredible. It's an incredible feat of engineering. And I think it's one of those things for me that really we should remember because mm. it shows, like you say, what we are capable of and what construction is capable of and the impact it can have on our world in fact on my office wall just behind me i've got a picture of one of the guys uh spinning the first strands across the golden gate bridge and he's just like stood on top of the tower looking out over the water at this feet of construction underway and i've always found that picture so inspiring because it's like Mm. looking at something that's impossible but making it happen anyway um yeah there's a lot of that that goes on in my office (laughs) So, <laughs> not well, quite the same you, as the you, Golden Gate Bridge, but it's inspiring. You mentioned you mentioned the Golden Gate on, I think, our first episode. You said it, it was one of your favourite projects, and that like you'd like to revisit it. And so, it's nice that we're kind of back there. We're at that point where we're we're, we're doing a deep dive like this into Golden mm. Gate Bridge. Fred, quick quick question before we get into it, mate. This this came into my mind as I was watching it. What? Do you prefer the Golden Gate Bridge or the Urusund Bridge? Uh, Golden Gate, mate. The Golden Gate. The Urusund is amazing because it links two countries. Um, But the Golden Gate is just so much more picturesque and impressive and awe-inspiring. 
and it was more difficult for its time. Yeah, Golden Gate, hands down. So would, it would have been more di- if if you built the Golden Gate Bridge today, would it be still more difficult to build than the Orison? Uh, oh, that's Ooh. a good question. I think it's it's definitely oh. challenging because you've got a very fast flowing street and you've got uh, some pretty extreme geography and and America. You know, it's not easy building stuff in America these days. I think I'd still be more impressed with mm. the Golden Gate because it is more picturesque mm. than the original. Sorry. Yeah, I was. I was also thinking as well in modern times, right? If the bridge wasn't there, and they were like, "Okay, we need to build uh, from here to here across the channel," um, we know that it's between two fault lines, there's earthquakes and things like that. Would it be safer for them to build a tunnel than to build a bridge? Hmm. It's a good question. I think it would probably be safer to build a bridge, yeah. a suspension bridge, a suspension bridge which inherently has a bit of give and sway in the structure. Mm. I think it would probably be safer yeah. to maintain sea and access in an emergency than a tunnel. Mm. I, I'm basing that on my own kind of hot take. It's not, <laughs> yeah, or not engineeringly backs up, but yeah, my gut would say that, yeah. It's a good question. I guess you would feel safer if if an earthquake was happening. I I would feel safer if I was on a bridge rather than inside a tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty scary. Well, the whole thing is really scary when you think about it. But, like, it's something that I think is quite, I don't know, I I, I don't want to say shallow of me. But when you look at, like, Liam just mentioned Orisund or, you know, any, there's the, um, the, the huge bridge in France that goes across the um, landscape. That's super impressive. Looks like a viaduct. Yeah, the um, viaduct. It, it is called, yeah, right. Okay, I was wondering. Yeah, Foster. Yeah. Oh, outstanding. But even Dartford Bridge, they're all white. They're all white. And it's like the fact that <laughs> the fact that Golden Gate is red i know i know it's something just really stupid but the fact that it's just a red color i think it's just so it's amazing they don't do that anymore they don't add just splashes of color like that to to a landscape i know it's part of the material and that but it it just it's it's part of the fabric and the identity of the bay area and san francisco isn't it if you were running for office, Luke, in your neck yeah. of the world, what yeah, what mate. would you campaign for the Dartford Bridge to be repainted as? What colour should the Dartford Bridge be? My, I might steal the idea from uh, someone who wanted to repaint the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, y- like yellow, yellow and black. <laughs> <laughs> we learned that in the video, didn't we? Someone's like, yeah, let's do it yellow and black just so people don't miss it. It's like... Yeah. I- I think if they're missing the the red, you know, they're, yeah. they're going to struggle with yellow and black as well, aren't they? I think yeah. you're, you're too close to it if you can see what color it is. Like if you're that yeah. close, right? If you're in a plane. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for a, a specific color from the kind of far and ball range. Really, I mean, I was like a, like a duck egg blue. Oh. You like to go for or? I like green, mate. Dark green is my dark thing. dark green. Mm. Yeah, you saw you saw what I want to do my hallway. Didn't you? You saw the samples. I did see the samples on the wall, yeah. I mean, if you yeah, keep, keep buying enough samples, mate, you fill in the whole wall. Yeah. Job done. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> Give it five <laughs> years and it'll be, it'll be complete, mate. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, pivoting back from Dartford, an, an impressive crossing, the Queen Elizabeth II Bridge in Dartford in the UK. Not, not quite the same as the Golden Gate Bridge, but swinging back to California. I think what I want to do would be good to take people through, take our podcast listeners through the story of this bridge, the kind of quicker higher level summary of this bridge because mm. the story of it is incredible and i think for me really there's so many nuggets in here and it really underlines the yeah the, just the scale of the engineering and the engineering accomplishment that's been achieved here now i think people today obviously when they look at san francisco bay the golden gate bridge is there it's synonymous with it but before that bridge there was just the golden gate Strait, and it was only really crossable by ferry so the only way to get from san francisco city maine across over to the other side was by ferry the strait was very wide over 100 meters deep and it had freezing fast flowing waters san francisco bay also has a reputation for great white sharks as well at certain times of year so altogether not a great patch of water to be in yeah there's stories people uh trying to escape from alcatraz but um because of the 
the freezing water, the fast flowing water, and the sharks, it was like next to impossible to get out of Alcatraz. So, yeah, wow. yeah interesting stuff. Then car ownership took off in America to the point where millions of vehicles were piling onto these boats every year to try and get across, and the service became too congested. So the city were like, right, that's it. We've got to try and design a bridge. They got this renowned engineer, Joseph Strauss. Uh, he was popular. He was very good at his bridge designs, but he was quite controversial. His first design was like widely rejected. There's a, there's a picture of this in the video. He put that on the table in 1921. It was awful. It was rejected. Everyone criticized it. He then agreed to work with three other engineers and architects on a new iteration that was approved uh, by both the government and the public, and that went on to become the bridge that we all know and love today eventually because it had to go through a whole load of opposition and funding loopholes. So the team designing it were basically hit by a load of legal challenges from the firm that ran the ferries who wanted to stop the project. They were like, you're not going to take away our ferry service with a bridge. We, we want to stop this bridge happening. Interestingly, similar thing is happening right now over on the Fiemann Belt Tunnel in Denmark. So you know, there's there's this big, massive new tunnel we're talking about between uh, Denmark and Germany. Mm. The ferry companies there are currently trying to block that project happening. They're currently suing the developers there, which is really interesting. So, yeah, ferry companies don't like bridges. Well, it goes to show how, like, how some companies or organisations or even individuals just for the sake of profit want to stop development and progress you know it's it's mind blowing how that still happens and it's happened throughout history you know there are, yeah. there are these amazing things made in developments or findings research that that comes up and you know because they have a monopoly on the space they're like no 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 do this and yeah yeah because in this case, it's so obvious that a bridge is better. <laughs> you know, it's so, <laughs> it's so much more obvious, but um, yeah, incredible. Yeah, and it wasn't just the ferry firms, right? So you had the what was then called the US Department of War, which is very dramatic. They mm. were worried the structure would be targeted by enemy bombers, but at the same time, were also worried that it wouldn't be clear enough in foggy conditions and the ships might hit it. So it's like, what do you want, guys? Do you want a, do you want a discrete bridge no one can see, or do you want a clear bridge that you can't hit in your boats? But anyway, <laughs> they, they said it should be painted yellow and black. They wanted the whole bridge painted yellow and black stripes so they could see it. It was absolutely absurd. They kind of The project team battled through all that stuff, and then they were hit by the Great Depression, which wiped out all of the planned government funding. So to keep the project alive and in a pretty incredible demonstration of public support for the bridge, the people of San Francisco voted for a $35 million bond issue using their homes as collateral. And at that point, construction could finally begin. Just getting to the point where they, this bridge could be funded and construction works could start was was a huge battle. And I, I love that story. The fact that the people of San Francisco put up their mm. houses, basically, to back this bridge that just wouldn't happen today would it uh, i literally wrote that down i wrote that down right there that would not happen today that would not happen today um you can't imagine it could you you can't imagine people going yeah well, let's we know this is for the greater good greater good of the of the city and uh, to, to to put your own home on the line yeah it, it just that doesn't exist the craziest, it's what is it, thirty-five million dollars, and that doesn't—that is a lot of money, but it doesn't sound like a lot of money for a project. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, hmm. to like today, what what would that thirty-five mil get you? A couple of foundations on the bridge. Yeah, yeah coffee shop in Penn Station. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be billions today, wouldn't it? They spend four billion on this today easily in the US, but but yeah. <laughs> So yeah, all that all that battle just to get the work started right. Then work finally began in January 1933. And I love, I just love imagining that day. I love the first teams turning up in their trucks, looking at this stretch of water and going, right, here we go. We're going to build a bridge over this. Like the the belief in their ability and the yeah, just just incredible. Like there's the power of engineering and construction for me is is remarkable. And this speaks to it in one of the most compelling and powerful ways for me. Um, starting with the towers first. So the, the North Tower is built on the shore, which is obviously a pretty easy piece of construction. 
220 meters high, 40,000 metric tons of steel within it. Uh, and that's the same on the south side as well. Both towers contain 40,000 metric tons of steel and are 220 meters high. Um, both were prefabricated in sections and shipped all the way from the east coast of the US down through the Panama Canal up the Pacific to San Francisco. Incredible story. Um, south Tower is built 300 meters out into the sea. The team's basically built a temporary mm. pier to get out there pumped water out of this sheet pile Cassian and uh, poured concrete into create the tower's base. So basically they, they created, they drove these sheet piles down into the sea, pumped water out of that space, poured concrete into it and created an island in the middle of the Golden Gate Strait to build this 220 meter tower on. Like, yeah, incredible, incredible stuff. Once the towers are built, they then put the suspension cables on. So with shipping lanes closed, a boat pulled the first wire across the strait and they were lifted up into cradles at the top of each tower by a crane. And then with the first wire in place, the process of spinning could put in. This is basically spinning the wires back and forth. They use this kind of wheeled carriage contraption thing to send wires back and forth over the bridge and tie them into anchorages at each end. They did that for six months, and over 27,000 individual wires were spun back and forth across the straight. That's... That's eighty thousand miles, right, of wires. the The circumference of the globe is twenty four thousand miles. That's wild. The, the numbers here are blowing me away, you know. And the fact that again, this was done without computers and yeah, programming and was um. Sorry if if I'm if I'm stopping the flow. Was the, was this like the first of its kind on this scale? Yeah, it was the biggest of its kind. It, yeah. it, they had built suspension bridges before, but something right. this big in this location, yeah, this was the biggest of its kind. I think there was something like it, it It helped the city through the Great Depression because of the amount of people it employed, uh, the materials it was it was drawing on. You know, it, it helped. It was a, not, not dissimilar to today where big infrastructure projects are being signed off to try and boost national economies. This was part of, along with the Hoover Dam, part of steering the US through the Great Depression. I love that as well in the video it mentions the use of the Panama Canal and that like this stuff, all of the things were built in the east side of the country, but the most efficient way to get things to the west is that you would ship (laughs) it, you know, down to Panama through the canal. But isn't it like almost it's almost poetic that like another incredible achievement of engineering was integral for the construction of you know another amazing achievement of engineering which is golden gate bridge and the panama canal i I think that's sort of yeah that's that's wonderful absolutely i I, I love yeah Mm. and I, i love looking at the golden gate bridge towers and thinking those bits of steel came through the panama canal that's true it's just it's a completely different part of the globe isn't it you know it's it's way down in central america have you yeah. actually been to San Francisco? Have you been to Northern California? I have. I've, I've yeah. driven over the Golden Gate Bridge and just had my jaw open the whole time in that kind of yeah. Fred Mills geek way. <laughs> <laughs> Same. It was. It's. It's magical, isn't it? Not only did I think I was in the Planet of the Apes films, I was also in awe of the engineer <laughs> of the engineering. I was like, oh, mate, this is just. It's hard to fathom, and I don't think, like, as well, you don't realise how tall it is, like, how high up, you know, like, if you were to, yeah, you know, like, you you can't just, like, crash into the water if you jump off, like, you you know, you you die, you pass away, because it is that tall. Um, It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, I don't think people understand, even, even, you know, people must take it for granted, if you live there and if you use it daily, you must take it for granted, right? Yeah, I think people do. I mean, this is the thing. Like, the the whole thing was completed in 1937, you know, not long after a construction started. It was completed mm. on budget and ahead of time. That never happens. <laughs> but it was completed on budget, ahead of time. And today, you know, this thing about people taking it for granted, 37 million vehicles cross it every year. A piece of infrastructure wow. more than 80 years old, built in the 1930s, is still a critical link 
Mm. Uh, well, well, probably the most critical road link in US infrastructure. It's incredible. Incredible. Oh, that's a big that's a big claim there, mate. Well, <laughs> go on. What's more critical than the BQE? Brook- Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> yeah, you know it, mate. You know Brooklyn it. Brooklyn Bridge? No, I, no. I think that's a good shout. It's a Gordy good Howe Bridge. Yeah. Doesn't it? yeah, it's one of them. It's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. It's got me. Um, now, the bridge has obviously stood for a very long time. It's been maintained. They've been repainting it constantly. It's basically built at sea so you've got kind of like oceanic weathering happening you've got rust and all sorts mm. of stuff to contend with so they've been constantly constantly dealing with it in a sign of perhaps how america's approach to infrastructure and construction has changed over the 20th century uh we come to our next part of the story so having built this amazing bridge uh on budget and ahead of time back in the 1930s in 1989 a very big earthquake hit san francisco 7.1 magnitude earthquake uh hit san francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District, which is the firm that basically run the bridge, conducted a vulnerability study of the structure. And that study found that an earthquake of magnitude 7 or higher with an epicenter close to the bridge could cause severe damage to it. And if a bigger one hit with a magnitude of at least 8, the viaducts leading up to the bridge could be at risk of collapse. So it basically showed that if another big earthquake came along, uh, the bridge might not fare so well. That study and report was done in the early 1990s. I should say, at this point, the bridge is safe today. If you're listening to this podcast, driving over the Golden Gate Bridge, first of all, shout out to you, driving over a great bit of infrastructure. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> don't worry. It's all good. It's all safe as it stands today. They just want to make sure it's properly, properly safe if another big earthquake came along. So they decided in the early 90s to carry out a full seismic retrofit in four phases that is still going on today. So, yeah, classic America. 1989 was the earthquake report in the early 1990s. Uh, and they've done a couple of phases. There's another phase starting soon. So d- the course of our mm. lifetimes, basically, guys, this has been uh, this has been rumbling on. Um, phase one happened between 1997 and 2001. That was the North Approach Viaduct. Uh, phase two was 2001 to 2008 on the south side. There was phase 3A, which was doing some anchorage work. Anyway, the good bit is about to start. Phase 3B, upgrading the huge bridge section in the middle, is about to begin. Uh, so, yeah, what do, you, what do you guys think of the seismic retrofit? Well, it's important. You don't want it to fall down, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll echo that, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, it's better late than never. It's good that they're, they're getting onto it. Mm. Absolutely. It's it's pretty impressive that they built this 80 years ago and then they can do these retrofits on it today. I find that really interesting, the engineering behind that. It's incredible that they can also keep the bridge operating while they do a lot of this. Like Probably most people who have visited the bridge or San Francisco Bay Area since 1997 probably haven't noticed that there's been no. this ongoing phased project uh to make the bridge uh, a lot more durable like they've uh, and again i think that's testament testaments to people conducting it you know so yeah i think it's impressive it is a little bit depressing it is a little (laughs) bit depressing that this began in 1997 (laughs) and it's still not finished like that is a little bit that's a lot, isn't it? But then, you know, we've got the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona as well. So that 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 probably puts it into context <laughs> a little better, doesn't it? So <laughs> Yeah, they love they love comparing it to the Sagrada Familia. It makes them look really good. America should compare all its projects to the Sagrada Familia. Be like, yeah, but those guys over in Spain, you know, not as yeah. bad as them. True. HS2, mate. Same, yeah. same thing. <laughs> definitely definitely um now a seismic retrofit involves some very clever scientific stuff and we talk to a seismologist in the video uh and we talk about all the work that's going on basically isolator bearings is what you need to know there are these clever contraptions that are basically separating the bridge from the land on which it sits uh, so that they can absorb energy in the event of an earthquake and limit the amount of energy going into the bridge. That's the best way to describe it. A lot more detail in the video about what these bearings look like, what's inside of them, where they're installed, that kind of jazz, but I won't kind of bore you with it here. That's what you need to know, isolator bearings. 
funding wise, right? I want to go back to this because Liam was saying about the, the sort, of, sort of thirty, what is it, thirty six million dollars was the construct, thirty five million dollars was the construction cost. Um, things have moved on a bit today. Basically, in December twenty twenty two, the bridge secured a four hundred million dollar federal grant as part of Joe Biden's bigger one point two trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure law thing. That's around half of the total for phase 3b phase 3b is about 800 million dollars altogether the rest is coming from state funds and tolls um yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of money time and effort going into this upgrade but yeah are you joking thank goodness they got silicon valley just down the road funding all this stuff right (laughs) apple facebook google that's crazy that's mad that's a shocking amount of money. Okay. Mm. Well, but still, Penn Station. Yes, you know? Scarlet Familia. There you go. Not quite Scarlet Familia, is it? That. No, not quite. Not it's, quite. It's nearly the Jeddah Tower, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nearly. I was going for that. 400k short. <laughs> 400 mil short, sorry. 400k. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. It's good that they're upgrading a big bit of infrastructure, though. It shows the cost of building anything in California slash the US is mental. But it's good that this, as we said at the beginning, iconic piece of landmark infrastructure in the US is being maintained and protected. It's just, yeah, time-consuming and expensive in the old US of A. It has to be done, though, mate. It has to be done. Um, What got me in the video, right, was you said there was a celebration, like an anniversary celebration of mm. of um like and everyone went onto the bridge. They closed the bridge and everyone just walked onto it and was celebrating it. And what happened to the bridge? Something like straightened out where there's usually a curve and they were like, oh hang on. This isn't good. Right? Yeah. So that this is a terrifying incident. It was the 50th anniversary of the bridge's construction. Now, if you think of the bridge side on suspension bridges do kind of arch a bit so they sort of gently Mm. arch from side to side the amount of Mm. people that packed onto the bridge caused it to completely flatten out so the weight was so extreme that it could have caused the bridge to collapse and there were there was there was people being crushed there were uh they had to evacuate parts of the bridge they there was basically no crowd control it was a terrifying terrifying incident um since then they just they just do not do that ever again they've 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 approached other anniversaries in different ways is what the website says i think but uh yeah a terrifying instant that was this this building this structure and this video is really highlighting how much i love this part of the world and yeah you know i'm meant to be going back to california at some point this year hopefully in september and um yeah we're, we're gonna drive over the golden gate you know, you got to do it. And I, w- I want to go up to, like, I think it's Marin County, the other side, which is really, really beautiful and picturesque. Like, the whole the whole area is so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. You really understand why so many people want to live there and choose to live there, but it's cost a fortune to live there. But what, what a site. What a piece of engineering. And that's, I think, for me, that's my biggest takeaway, is that there's this, it's a stunning piece of, art and architecture and design as well as arguably one of the most impressive engineering projects ever completed by civilization that kind of meeting of the two is exceptional i think here yeah i couldn't agree more mate as i said at the beginning it speaks to the power of construction uh it's it underlines what we can do we put our minds to it and yeah it's it's just remarkable it's a remarkable story a remarkable project uh yeah yeah love it absolutely love it can't wait to can't wait to drive over it again one day i'm actually due to connect through san francisco on a flight later this year but i might try and find an excuse to spend more time in san fran and go across the bridge which should be good um guys let us know what you thought about this what do you think about the seismic retrofit story what do you think of the golden gate bridge does it get you as excited as it does us does it bring up those warm feelings inside about construction let us know get your comments coming in podcast at the b1m.com also in the news this week we mentioned the uh, u.s department of war the former u.s department of war in the old golden gate section 
Uh, but now it's kind of like a sister division. The US Navy has unveiled five design proposals shortlisted for its new National Museum of the US Navy in Washington, D.C. So kind of if you look at Washington, D.C. from above, kind of southeast-ish from the U.S. Capitol building is the U.S. Navy Yards. In that area, they are building a new national museum. They put out a competition, I think, in December 22. There were 80 entries that came in from around the world. They finalized those now down to five entries from all kinds of big-name architects. You've got Bjark Ingels Group, Frank Gehry, Perkins and Will, uh, and others on there as well. Really impressive uh, submissions. I kind, I, I, I like all of them. There are some I like more than others. Mm. What did you guys think about this? This is a big new landmark museum in the US Capitol. Which one stands out most for you? They're all really good designs, aren't they? They're all pretty, pretty funky. Um, some I think suit the kind of um the idea of what it's meant to be <laughs> better than others like some of them like oh yeah that's clearly you know like it looks like a ship it looks like this whereas some of them i think is it our boy frank airy he's just done a glass box just done a yeah. glass box and it's like that's not very frank airy you know so uh i'm I, I, toward- I, I, it, the frank gary one is is more it is more frank gary inside okay um as oh, oh is it but I know what you mean. You're thinking of like, you know, the stuff he's okay. done in, in Belbao and the Walt Disney Concert Hall and like where's where's that gone? It's not there, is it? No, it's not at all. I love the um the Bjark Ingalls one, mate, the first one. I like that. That's that's my favourite. I think that one the- should win. But then someone's someone's comments is saying uh, it looks like every other Chinese museum and will age horribly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think slide one looks like a train station. Yeah, yeah. I there think, is a bit of that. Yeah, there is a bit of that. I'm yeah, all about number four. One. Oh yeah, I like shit. four. Four, four is probably yeah. Four's a good shout. Pro- yeah. Four's probably more suitable for what it's trying to do. Who who did who did that is uh, that is DLR Group who did that Ooh. one. So there's one from Bjark Ingels, one from Frank Gehry, one from Perkins and Will, one from DLR Group, and one from Quinn Evans. Uh, we're talking about them in that order on this podcast, but yeah, we'll, we'll name them as well. Yeah, uh, Quinn Evans for me, nah, not the one. DLR group I like, Perkins and Will I like. I do like the Kingles, but I do understand the train station thing. It looks like a sea wave. You could argue it looks like a, kind of like a sea wave, maybe. Mm. 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 I like the DLR one because uh, I've not actually heard of DLR before. But it's amazing that they've named themselves after the best railway in London, the Docklands Light Rail. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, so any sort of nod to the DL- the almighty DLR is good in my books, mate. Yeah, there's some really cool designs here, though. Very, very cool. I'm meant to be going to DC um, next month, so I'm looking forward to going. So, Fred, drop me some tips, mate, when you can. Definitely, definitely. Lots of nice landmark buildings along the National Mall, including a new, uh, the new National Museum of African American Heritage and Culture, I believe, which was opened. Uh, David Adjay Building, really beautiful. Uh, mm. But yeah, bu- building a big new landmark museum in DC is a tough brief. Uh, yeah. But I think all of these look pretty nice. Now, would you guys like to hear from the US Secretary of the Navy and what he thinks of this? Would you like his quote? <laughs> Yeah, only <laughs> only if you do it in that accent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's called Carlos del Toro, right? And I think you know, like in uh, Independence Day, where there's all like the the military chiefs on Air Force One, and there's a pre- he, I might he imagine I imagine he's dressed like that all the time. You know, he's one of these people that's in the White House every five minutes, uh, or someone from Top Gun, potentially. He says, yeah. Uh, while each concept is different, all of them show how we might celebrate our Navy's accomplishments, honor our veterans, and point the way towards our Navy's future. <laughs> That's quite good. That's good. That's good, mate. I like that. Yeah, I can see that in let's the have, 90s. Let's have yours. One. Let's have yours, Liam. Go on. Oh, mate. I, I can't. I, I, yeah. I'm no good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 
What was the difference? Just, not rising to this the one. Well, each a concept is a different. All of them just no. It's not really JFK, is it? No. Keep going, mate. Was that? Going. Yeah, go on. Keep going. Go for, for the higher rhetoric. Go for the higher rhetoric, like Obama said one. Well, each concept is different. <laughs> All of them show how we might celebrate our neighbors' accomplishments, honor That's our so veterans, bad. and point the way towards our neighbors' future. That's Thank not, you. God bless I, you. That's Who's good, this? Who's this? Wait, th- this is now Fred Mills doing an American <laughs> accent running. I'm going to run for president. I'm going for well, it. Well, each concept is different, yeah. okay? All of them. Beautiful. They're beautiful. Beautiful designs. I'd say the most beautiful oh, designs. I'm the joking. Most I'm joking. <laughs> oh. If he was involved, it'd be the Trump National don't, Navy Museum and Spa, wouldn't it? Let's not, Fred, let's not. Let's not go down that route, mate. Let's not go well, down. Well, anyway, hey, if the US Secretary of the Navy, Carlos Del Toro, is listening, first of all, I'm sorry. Please, I've, mm. I've upset one of the Joint Chiefs, so please <laughs> please don't get cross with us. <laughs> but, um, hey, come on the podcast, mate. We'd love to interview you about your new uh, your new little museum you're building. <laughs> come on the podcast. Yeah, excellent. Hey, if we land the U.S. Navy Secretary on this podcast, then that's it. You know we've made it. Hmm. Anyway, moving on, we're going to have to China now, where a new Riverside Theatre has been unveiled. Now, this looks pretty out there. Uh, designed by Open Architecture and inspired by Flowing Water, uh, this would basically feature a range of performance spaces, education labs, observation decks, all set within this kind of curving bubble-shaped form. Um, structures facades are being clad, are being clad in curving anodized aluminium tubes that are intended to catch the light and help accentuate its dramatic form. This looks crazy. It looks kind of AI generated. It's definitely landmark and eye catching. Uh, I, I don't know. It looks a bit like every other kind of building trying to do that in China to me. Mm. Yeah, agree on that, Matt. Interestingly, there's no shots inside. There's no renders inside. Is there, is there anything inside the puddle? <laughs> is there anything inside? I don't know. Imagine there would be. I don't think so. It just yeah. looks like Birmingham New Street Station inside. Do you know what I mean? Like the new, <laughs> the new train station in Birmingham City Centre. That's probably what it looks like. Birmingham <laughs> New Street. <laughs> <laughs> which is a pretty cool uh, station it, it, uh, uh, you know from the inside it's pretty cool very airy very big i know what you mean yeah it does look like every other project there's something about it that looks um ah oh, i'm reluctant to use this word but all i can think of is maybe a bit amateurish you know it's yeah. like oh <laughs> i don't know am i being too harsh i'm being too out of order it just looks a bit forgetful it's cool it's impressive if it actually looks like that no no doubt it will look impressive it's just um yeah bit blah bit boring yeah there's almost too many projects like this in china for it to be standout and notable and it is it is nice it's very kind of quirky it's in hubei i I don't know i don't i don't think it fits the landscape look at that first shot Mm. it just it's it's I kind of feel like uh, how I felt with the uh, the porthouse in uh, Antwerp in Rotterdam. Sorry, mm-hmm. was it in Rotterdam or Antwerp? Sorry. It's Antwerp. Antwerp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it just I just feel like yeah. it's just it's it's just plonks down there. A few yeah. a few of my friends uh, listened to that episode and said they agreed with you, Liam. They said uh, they were on your side, mate. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> look at him. He's so pleased with that. <laughs> they were like, yeah, it just doesn't It doesn't work, whereas Fred and I were obviously a lot more open to it. But yeah, this, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I won't remember this like in a week or two. Do you know what I mean? Like some of the other projects that we've discussed recently, you know. Brutal. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is a bit brutal. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, you know, but. No, 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 no. Well, well done on this uh, architectural concept you've put forward, guys. It's forgettable. It will be our summary. <laughs> <laughs> Not that landmark. Uh, now, also, we are swinging over to Vietnam. We don't go to Vietnam often, uh, but here we are. Mm. Uh, ADUS Architects have unveiled designs for a 35-story skyscraper currently under construction in Hanoi. Uh, a very nice high-rise hotel 
rising from a four-story mixed-use podium. Classic. What doesn't rise from a four-story mixed-use podium? Everything does these days. It's going to have apartments, a hotel, infinity pool, sky bar. You're going to have views around uh, Harlong Bay, which is going to be very, very beautiful. Due to finish later in 2023, it's a bit of... Now, on, on first glance, all right, at, at face mm. value, it's a bit of a glass box. Some of the detailing is quite mm. interesting. Some of the renders have been made to feel very kind of futuristic and sort of dystopian, which I think works quite well. I like this. It's not. Again, I kind of put it in the forgettable basket. Sorry. I think I'm with you, mate. I think I'm with you. I think um, the location's really cool, right? It's on a beachfront. The beach looks really good. Um, I've I've got some friends who've gone to Vietnam, and they've said it's a wonderful, wonderful place to visit. Uh, the beaches are great there. Um, but that's the almost the point, isn't it? Is that I'm not really talking about the building, but maybe the building's not meant to be like a landmark tower. Maybe it is meant to blend in a little bit with it, with with its context, with its surroundings. And in which case, look, the facade it is quite interesting. It is a little bit different. I can't help but feel like it needs to be taller. It needs to either be thinner or taller. It's just, it's a slightly, I think, awkward proportion at the moment. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, mate. I, I don't know how I feel about um, towers like this right on a beachfront. Mm. I don't know. Okay. I, I just feel like it kind of just doesn't really align with the with the scenery kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just like... I'm like five out of ten. I'm like just in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm the same. I think if if you're doing the tall buildings on the beach, you got to really lean into it. Yeah, you either do it or you don't. You know, you either do Miami or you don't do Miami. Yeah, you know? like this. This. This is to me. It looks more like an office block on the beach. Mm, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, mate. I do. I. I agree. Yeah, shame. I think I kind of I kind of message to the architecture community from this also in the news section is like, guys, we know you had a nice Easter, but can you please get back on the render machines and start adding some trees, some drones, some Disney characters, <laughs> make stuff outrageous because we need some fodder for the podcast. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just on the Vietnam thing. It was it was a while it was a while back now, but we got a video, didn't we, from Fabio. Who's a listener? Oh, yeah. Who's working in Vietnam, wasn't he? And he was looking at um, that tower, that skyscraper in Ho Chi Minh City, the tallest in Vietnam or tallest in Southeast Asia. And he was listening to our podcast while while right in the middle of the downtown. I thought that was really really cool. But um, yeah, they know how to do skyscrapers in Vietnam. I'm just not sure if this is it. No, this ain't the one. This ain't the one. Like. Anyway, let us know if we got it wrong, guys. Send your emails in podcast at the blm.com. Same same transition I do. I've got to get better at this transition. But hey, on the subject of emails, what's come into the <laughs> inbox, Luke? Tell us. We 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 got an email from um bar270. Okay. Um, and he goes, Hi guys, I love your podcast. It is an amazing one where you talk about a great topic when why every architect is adding trees in each. Uh, where it is practically unfeasible in some cases, not all cases. Not only trees, but sometimes the designers when designing the Utopian Tower with amazing facade and cladding. Then when the tendering or the contract is in process, the client requests value and engineering and starts slamming the cost and even more during the construction. I'd like to add this meme which describes the whole situation in the attachment. And it's a really buff guy, a bit like Fred on the left, um, design. And then a kind of medium buff guy, shop drawings. And then as built, you've got like a a, a chubby guy. Um, (laughs) 
It's like the three of us. It's like the three of us in a, in a meme. Do you know what I mean? You've got Big Buff Fred on the left. You Big know, Buff Fred. Chiseled Liam in the middle and then me on the, on, on the side. Uh, to conclude my email, I want to tell you that I am not against green roofing. There are good examples, like the link below, and he's got a link to a LinkedIn article. Still, I have some feedback, like the cost and structural design, uh, but that would be... <laughs> That would be great case for green and blue roofing. <laughs> thank you guys and love thank you guys and love what you do in the podcast. But basically this was a rant about the green <laughs> about trees on buildings <laughs> and value engineering. Oh, yeah. What Cheers, a great mate. message. The the, Cheers, the meme attached is amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> It's true, though. It's true. A lot of designs are like <sighs> that, you know. Mm. A lot of them, they, they don't, you know. And we always say that, don't we? When we're looking at the new section, we're like, if it actually looks like that, if it's actually executed like that, because it's not always, it doesn't always happen. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, good feedback. Well, guys, keep your emails coming in. We love reading them out. We love uh, analysing them and having a laugh about them on the podcast. <laughs> uh, has this episode been good for you guys? I've, I've loved to talk about the Golden Gate Bridge. It's been amazing it's iconic mate iconic good fun i thought this video was seriously educational really educational love getting to the engineering side of it because that's where my knowledge is 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 a little bit gray i like learning mm. about that stuff yeah definitely the engineering side of things is definitely what i'm interested in when you watch your video and you're like oh wow i never i never mm. even thought about that and i and i had no mm. idea they could build like that in the 1930s it's pretty cool to see it's mad yeah. and in some places they still can't get to that level you know it's it's really impressive really impressive no great episode thank thank you fred thank you b1m team for another great video well, thank you guys thank you for listening to the podcast as well guys as i said keep your messages your reviews your five star reviews coming in we love it uh and we will see you next week Five years of work, the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge is completed. The world's longest single-span suspension bridge that cost over seven million pounds. San Francisco's mayor cuts through the silver chain with a blow lamp, and from each end of the bridge, the motorcade speeds on to meet in the center and symbolize the completion of a great engineering achievement.